Dusty, what's the one book you can always find in our car when we're on a trip? Honestly, Mike, it is usually a Moon travel guide. That's right. Moon is our favorite travel guidebook publisher because not only are they a source for ethical travel and the best ways to get away, but their books also are packed full of information on everything from sites to see, trails to hike, restaurants, and lodging, all from real authors who are local to the areas they're writing about. That's right. And we're so excited that this year we are again partnering with Moon Travel Guides. Ready to cross something off your travel bucket list in 2024? Have a lot of great ideas for trips, but don't know how to get started or keep your itinerary organized? Wherever your wanderings might take you or inspire you to go, Moon Travel has you covered. Moon Travel is the travel guidebook publisher for ethical travel. Don't spend months trying to craft the perfect getaway when you can do it all with Moon. Whether you're headed abroad, planning to take to the open road, or want to wander the trails of a national park, make sure to pack a Moon Travel Guide with you. Through the end of 2024, our listeners can get 20% off any Moon Travel Guide when they use the code GAZE20 at checkout. That's amazing. And that is code GAZE24, G-A-Z-E-2-4 for 20% off any Moon travel guide in Moon's entire library. And that is just for our listeners, and you cannot find that anywhere else. Be sure to visit Moon.com. Head to our show notes and check it out and see Moon's entire collection of travel guidebooks. So talk to me about what your ultimate post-hiking experience is when you get to just sit and luxuriate? Oh, I think my favorite one <laughs> that we ever did was uh, the hot spring after Black Canyon of the Gunnison. Oh, yeah. That was probably the ultimate favorite for me. Yeah. Because it felt wonderful to just put my body in that warm water. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But like on a typical... Soak in all of that. Oh, yeah. But like on like a typical sort of... On a post When a hot spring isn't available to you. <laughs> well, the first... Which isn't the, always the case, yeah. The first uh, thing I do to give myself some relief is take off my boots and socks and put on different socks mm-hmm. and shoes. Mm-hmm. Even, you know, just car sneakers or something like that sneakers that I had on right just give my feet a little bit of a rest Mm -hmm. but I do like a good lay down fully horizontally for a period of time Mm -hmm. in just silence (laughs) some peace and quiet I see silence (laughs) (laughs) it's cold and dark and I love it (laughs) a little bit like that Yeah. yeah I do feel like on like long days, like I'm thinking about like when we were in New River Gorge mm-hmm. with Brian and Tino and we'd come back from long days and we would just like separate oh, yeah. into our separate spaces and just like, be totally silent. Like, when I get back, I don't scroll. I don't do anything. I just lay down and I do nothing mm-hmm. and I collapse. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I need just that mental sort of callback to myself. Even though hiking is a very physical activity, it's so much of it is very much so mental. You have to kind of keep yourself going, especially if it is a long day. And I I am kind of talking more about long days. So yeah, the collapse is a thing that is real. I also feel like, oh, we're getting in a car. Give me all of the snacks that are available. Oh, that too. And like replenish my calories. And this isn't like stuff that's in our bag. It's like, I want the crappiest snacks that we I want like, gushers. I want gushers, and then I want you to give me pork rinds, and I'm going to uh-huh. make a sandwich with both of right. them and put them in my <laughs> mouth. <laughs> I'm looking for adventure. I want to follow on the trail, or get a little lost and let the wind fill my sail. Get up when the stars still fill the sky Don't wake the sun There's so much to be done And the day has just begun Go where the postcards are real You can feel You can open your eyes And open your heart When you gaze At the National Park At the National Park Follow you, I'll follow you there. 
We would like to acknowledge that while hiking in the land also called Glacier National Park, that we were on the traditional and stolen lands of the Blackfeet and the Tanaha people. If you joined us on our first two episodes in this three-episode arc, which is essentially the Sayi Pass hike, we had, in our last episode, traversed out unexpectedly to see Sexton Glacier. Um, we had to cross a lot of snowfields. There was some cramponing that needed to be happening um, in order to do that. We were guided in the most excellent manner by Becky Lomax to be able to do this. And now we are on our way back. Mm -hmm. It definitely felt, well, first of all, again, I didn't have any fear because we were with Becky and I knew that she was just a truly excellent guide. But I also just want to reiterate, that's a hike to do only if you're feeling like you know what you're doing and not to just like take it and willy nilly it. Because we didn't do that. No. No, we were with someone who knew. Right. When we got off of the Sexton Glacier hike, we were trying to maneuver it so that we could get onto essentially the section of the trail we needed to get onto. Had we not done the Sexton Glacier and just continued on the trail down Sayi Pass, we would have had to cross a pretty large snowfield. And after having crossed a few of those in our trek out, we were trying to avoid this. We did manage to avoid that giant snowfield by getting onto the trail a little further down Mm -hmm. from where we exited the trail to go out to Sexton. Mm -hmm. So we've come back across the hillside and now we've stepped foot on the trail, which is picking up on a switchback and then heading heading off. On more switchbacks. (laughs) On more switchbacks. So how were your feet and ankles at this point? You know, my feet and ankles at this time were doing okay. Okay. They were sort of in their place of like, okay, like we're working, Mm -hmm. but you probably only have like a couple hours, maybe three hours tops. Max, yeah. Max left. Yeah. I think I just remember feeling like, you know, that hot feeling you get in your feet (laughs) because you've just been on them and you're in hiking socks all day. Oh, I know it. I was like, oh, my feet have a fever. <laughs> and the only remedy is more cowbell. But no, I was at that point where I was just like, okay, I know we have a little bit left to go, but my feet are actually very tired. But the only thing to do is to continue to move forward. And so that is essentially what we had to do. We had to keep going mm-hmm. because now we were headed down. And back to the start. Well, well, where we picked up Becky and the, Becky and Cynthia exactly. in the morning. Exactly. We're, we're headed to yeah. the end point of this trail, yeah. which is near Sunrift Gorge, right on going to the Sun mm-hmm. Road. This begins a journey that will take us down dozens and dozens and dozens of switchbacks. Mm-hmm. So we are at the top of this journey right now. Yeah. One of the things that we saw while we were making this hike was Glacier Moths. Mm-hmm. I don't remember if that's their exact name. I know they were pointed out to us, but um, yeah. Becky did say to tell us that these are like a very common snack for grizzly bears that they will just like you'll see them at like the top of a peak and like munching. It's because they're digging for these moths, which are sort of like ground moths for the most part and sometimes will hide under rocks. So but they're, they're high in protein, right? They're high in protein. That's, and grizzlies need that. to eat like 90 pounds a day. That's like, amazing. Which is insane. <laughs> yeah. That's um, a lot some of pressures yeah. and, you know. And pork rind and sandwiches. And pork rind sandwiches. <laughs> exactly. It really is. Yeah. So we are headed down. From where we are, Sexton Glacier is very visible. We're taking switchbacks, which are relatively a decent grade decline, but not too bad. No. Certainly doable. But we can see Sexton Glacier even better now because the switchbacks are taking us to an even more interesting view. Yeah. We can see it from like a below angle. Mm -hmm. And we're also in this area, which is so much more lush because really for most of the trail up until this point, from when we were in like Pigan Valley, we headed up that essentially like gravel pile to get us up to the overlook of Boulder Valley and Sexton Glacier. We were in like very rocky terrain, even trekking over to Sexton Glacier. It was very rocky. There was some green here and there, but not a ton. But now we're in like green hillsides, like grasses, wildflowers. And most of this is because there are just a ton of meltwater streams that are traversing the path, giving life to all of these, we'll say early spring for glacier, but summer basically for the rest of us kind of like um, landscape, which was 
beautiful. So we get this just incredibly colorful landscape. The entire way down. The entire way down, yeah. The entire way down. In the section that we're in right now, the switchbacks are a bit shorter. Mm -hmm. But soon, the switchbacks start taking us almost all the way over to where Sexton Glacier is and back. Just like long ribbons of switchbacks Mm -hmm. back and forth. I don't think I really realized how high we actually were. (laughs) We were very very high high in the air. Very high. Really looking down at St. Mary Lake even didn't really make sense. But as we started to come down and then look back up from where we were, I was like, oh, God, we were actually incredibly, the elevation we were at was incredible. I think we were eating lunch uh, when we were up at the top. And I remember Becky looking and saying, oh, look at those clouds. Those are all about like 10,000. It's about a 10,000 foot cloud ceiling. She's like, you know how I know? That mountain over there is 10,000 feet tall. (laughs) I was like, well, that's really cool that you just have this knowledge base. Yeah. So it's just kind of like wild to see like exactly the elevation. (laughs) To describe this decline, it's this slope that goes from way up top where Sai passes, sloping down toward what will eventually be going to the Sun Road and then St. Mary Lake. Mm-hmm. But the switchback ribbons go across this entire yeah, slope. Yeah, kind of like slope, yeah. The entire way. Yeah. And there are times where, like, it's not like a perfect switchback system going right, you know, one side to the other all the way down. Sometimes they go out and sometimes they go out and around things Mm -hmm. and then they start picking up again. Mm -hmm. You know, there's as switchback systems do. Yeah. There are a few streams. Obviously, these meltwater streams are coming down and cascading down as we're going. They cross the trail, but some of them get to be pretty wide. They're not like rushing by any means, but it's a pretty flooded trail plane for a little bit. So you do have to cross in some water. So like having the waterproof boots, obviously, is always a boon. Yeah. But um, especially here. And we really made very good time very down good time. these switchbacks. Becky was flying down these switchbacks. She was in the front. She was (laughs) flying so fast. I think there was a little bit of a concern on her part too because she was like, oh, I've done this trail faster. And like, she's like, obviously I'm taking... Mike and Dusty and we're stopping here and there. We're stopping for but pictures. But she's like, we should, be, we should be a little quicker than we oh, are right yeah. now. That was something that kept reoccurring. Yeah. Like, this is like a long trail day. Yeah. This has been a long, this yeah. has been a long day. Yeah. 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 Like we should be finishing up soon. Yeah. As we're headed down the switchbacks, obviously, clearly Becky has come alive, but I'm sure you were living your best oh, life Oh, I was too. alive. <laughs> yeah. I was so alive. Yeah. Uh, We also have some fascinating conversation on the way down. We talked a lot about online trolls. Yeah. Because, I mean, we've had our fair share of interactions with them. Mm -hmm. We told Becky about some of them. Yeah. And what our policy is when it comes to the DMs Mm -hmm. and how we handle things. Mm -hmm. She was also telling us about the troll emails that she receives sometimes from readers, from people who've looked at her book, right? Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah, it was a fascinating conversation. Fascinating conversations. There are trolls everywhere in every medium, (laughs) no matter Mm -hmm. what. There doesn't have to be a bridge involved. Doesn't have to be a bridge involved. (laughs) The trolls are just out. (laughs) They are out Mm -hmm. and their eyes are big Mm -hmm. and they're sinking their teeth into whatever they can. It's true. We also talked a lot about what future jobs might look like for the both of us because... Let's be real honest and transparent here. Teaching is a critically underpaid profession and so much more is taken from you than is given to you in a lot of ways. The both of us, I think, last summer were like, well, what do we do if we don't want to teach? So this conversation sort of was a part of our trip in a really big way throughout the whole five weeks. But it sort of has come around, you know, at least for one of us right now. Yeah, right. it has. Yeah, so it's kind of interesting to see how we kind of navigated that and where we're both at in our process with that. That's what I really like about hiking, too. It's like you can have these you know, treks where you're with people and be very talkative and chatty and then quiet down and everybody sort of goes inward. But then you have these really great just conversations that like involve everyone involved in the hike because Becky was genuinely very curious, like, well, what would you do if you didn't teach, you know, like, and even Cynthia like chimed in too to ask what we were what our curiosities were um, when it came to working in the world outside of education. It's true. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that has certainly 
not necessarily entirely my own choice sort of right. thrust me into a new place. Yeah. In my life, personally, I um, am no longer teaching mm-hmm. currently. I mean, I'll always sort of be, a t- I will always be a teacher to some degree, but I am you know, working in a totally new industry right now. Yeah. And that has been a fascinating mm-hmm. journey so far. Yeah. And I'm still at it. <laughs> you are still at it. Yep. So we'll see. It's definitely not that this is a uh, podcast about education, but we're definitely at an inflection point when it comes to education in the country. There are a lot of problems that need to be addressed. It can't continue on like this. And it it has sort of kind of continued on like this for way too long in the state that it's in. So I'm curious to see what even happens with education in general, because I feel like it's just going to totally shift again in a big way. But I don't know if I'll still be a part of it at that point. I do like this question that you have here, which Mm -hmm. is what have we learned since this conversation? Mm -hmm. And I feel like I took everything in that conversation and was like, yeah, okay. what I have learned is that jobs don't define you. Oh, definitely not. And that something I'm really grateful for in this new job that I'm in right now is that I don't feel like it's asking me to be anything. I feel like it's just asking me to do something. Yeah. And it feels really good because for so long I did feel like I had to like be a certain person Mm -hmm. or be the job. And I'm not interested in that. Yeah. And that I can't actually help other people if I don't help myself first. It's true. So that's where I am. What about you? Um, I have been on quite a journey with it because I feel like there's still stuff that I'm not done with. But I also know that for me personally, I've let a lot go with work and I am just trying to focus in on my own mental health and well-being so that work isn't all-encompassing for me because it truly does take a lot (laughs) and it really gives very little. I think for me personally, I am still on a journey of discovery, which I'm excited to be on when it comes to what makes me tick, what I want to do for work, what is going to excite me and continue to excite me. Because I do think that that is changing. And I actually think that's a good thing because I don't Mm -hmm. think unless you're challenged in your job in a way that's satisfying and can make you kind of constantly evaluate yourself in a way that is healthy, then I think that job maybe is like reached a a terminal point. You know, I think there are ways... The end of the half-life. Yeah. (laughs) So, So yeah, that's my heady explanation of where I'm at right now. Something that I have never done properly, but was excited to do on this trail was be a model. (laughs) Right. I mean... (laughs) I mean, I'm a model every day of my life in the mirror. Yeah. Y'all, Mike just put a wig on a few minutes ago (laughs) and looked at himself in the mirror. And let me just tell you, (laughs) drag does not uh, cover up who you are. It reveals who you are. You had an absolute moment of like, I did. I am a pretty girl, mama. I, I did the feel mirror, that right? way. Didn't it? Doesn't I did. feel so good. It does. Reasons why everybody should do drag and at put least wigs on a few times. <laughs> yeah. Put wigs on. Put Transform wigs on. yourself. Put Take potato a look, chips see on what a sandwich. Happens. Yeah. Why not? Right. Yeah. Uh, but um. But no, Becky um was shooting photos essentially for her her books. I mean, out on the trails. That's yeah. Most she, of she her. She takes all of the pictures yeah. and all of the photos. Yeah. Of her books are hers. So she's like, "All right, you guys, just wait a second. I'm." I'm going to just act like you're hiking. <laughs> it was so, very like our director. We got to be yeah. models. So we got to be models. In her photos. Mm-hmm. But she did get a few shots of us earlier too on our way up to the pass. That's which, right. Yeah. So as we were walking along, you had an unfortunate moment. Right. I was walking and like not paying attention to the trail, like by looking downward, just obviously being self-aware of what was ahead. But I definitely missed that there was a giant hole that um, was sort of like an eroded part of the trail. I totally like kerflunked into that hole. But no, you guys just kept walking. <laughs> like I was in the back, which is I rare for me. I didn't even hear you. It's rare for me to be like all the way in the back. But I think I was taking photos. <laughs> and so I had to like run up and be like, so I just fell in a hole. And you were like, oh my God, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'm, but yeah, that's it's a great uh, reminder for everybody to just keep your eyes on the trail. Keep your eyes on the trail. Yeah. Make sure you don't fall mm-hmm. into a giant hole. And with that, let's take our first break. So we're playing spare tire. Yep. So in spare tire, it's a two-word phrase, and you are going to alter both of the words that alteration is going to give you we're going to give you a clue and you're going to have to figure out what the new two-word phrase is great okay okay i've got one okay great so there's two letters from the first word okay and two letters from 
the second word. Okay. Okay. So this is a really regular, unimpressive container for milk. What's a bland carton? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so I started with Grand Canyon, mm-hmm. switched some letters out for some other letters, and got bland carton. That's right. All right. Okay. So it's one letter from the first word, and then it's three letters from the, the second word, all right, that are going to change. So this is someone who would sing at the headquarters of a company that would sing songs all about this company, like it was a religion. What is it, Brand Cantor? That's correct. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Could you imagine being hired as like Google's Brand Cantor, Mm -hmm. right? Google searching, (laughs) image searching, news searching. Right. Incognito. (laughs) It's only three letters from one of the words. Okay. I'm not going to tell you which one. Okay. Otherwise, it'll give you which one it is. It'll give you one of the words. Okay. A celebrity's very large fellowship. Oh, I don't know. What is grand fandom? Oh, that's good. That's really good. Okay. Our last one. A tasteless type of this Asian noodle. It's two from each. Is bland the first word? It is. I used I used one that we came back from. It's also a type of soup. What is bland wonton? That's correct. Wow. Yeah. Great. Okay. <laughs> and that's spare tire. Okay. So you picked yourself out of the hole. <laughs> yep. And you Which is what I do every day of my life. <laughs> and you were like, I fell in a hole. We were like, are you okay, honey? Yeah. We were like, I'm okay. I'm fine. <laughs> but I just fell in a hole. Right. Uh, well, nobody noticed. So I felt like it was worth sharing. No, we didn't. No, and we didn't care. So why did you even share? <laughs> Unless you were bleeding, we didn't care. But yeah, after the whole incident, we continued on down. When you get to the bottom of these switchbacks, it sort of becomes... Do you remember the trail just sort of like devolved into like rocky sort of greeny hillside? I do. I remember this mm-hmm. because this is what I mean. It's like we weren't done with the trail yet. Mm-hmm. We still had tons of trail yeah. left. But now we were sort of, rather than winding down on switchbacks, we now turned and we were headed out. Right. We sort of come into this meadow with some wildflowers in it, essentially. And there are these beautiful stones and rocks that are these deep reds. And there are some that are greener varieties that we saw in some of the travels down the um, switchbacks. But at the bottom, we see these boulders that are these sort of bright reds, almost like bloody red. And Becky identifies these as red and green argillite. And then we told her that we saw some of this argillite when we were on the um, hike to Grinnell Glacier. That's there was, right. There were a few we of those boulders of that. that were just looked like they were randomly put there, which was strange. That's right. When we were in Many Glacier, right. looking out at the... Grinnell Glacier viewpoint. Yeah. This is definitely not a stone you can miss. So if you come across this very bright red, sort of blood red stone, that is Argolite. Thanks, Becky Lomax, for pointing that out. That's right. We walk into that meadow section that we end up in. I remember turning around and looking up and being like, why would anybody climb this way? Why would anyone go up? Don't ever go up this way. Don't ever go up. And now I was starting to understand why we had come the way we did and that it was easier. Oh my God. This would have been one of the hardest ever had we gone up. And we we would have been, I think, throttled by the end of it. Thank God. Oh, we would not have been able to, like, I don't think even finish or do the other section of it. No. No. We would just be dead. We'd camp up there. We'd have to. (laughs) There'd be no other option. It was not. No, it was. I mean, don't do this unless you really want to challenge yourself and build your stamina. But like the the elevation gained on these switchbacks and thank God they're switchbacks. But it was it was intense, especially seeing where Sexton Glacier was at this point. And I think a lot of people want to go up to Sayi Pass Mm -hmm. and see Sexton Glacier and see the viewpoints from up there. And if you can't do point to point, a lot of people choose 
yeah. to go up this way and then just go back down mm-hmm. this way. Mm-hmm. And I'm that I don't think is a good idea either. Mm-hmm. I'd say like start at Pegan and go up from there and yeah. go up that back way. And then you'd still be able to see all three of those views. And then you could go back down or come down the way we were going and then hitchhike your way back to your car. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite things happened right here in this moment. Mm-hmm. We were near this rock and then this marmot friend came out to say hello. Yeah. I currently have this marmot friend as the photo on my phone. <laughs> the my lock. Because you're mad for marmots. I do love marmots. Mm-hmm. I love them so much. That is your lifetime original film. <laughs> I love marmots. Mad for marmots. Mad for marmots. <laughs> That's it. Is it a lifetime original or is it just my like film from like the 1930s? It could be. Darling. Right. <laughs> Darling, I love marmots <laughs> so much. So right on the trail, there was this giant boulder and we sort of stopped for a second to have a snack, to also put sunscreen on again, take a break. Yeah, this is this is part of where Becky's like, we're moving slow. We're <laughs> yeah. moving slow. She was today. definitely like, oh, we are off our game. <laughs> I was very delighted to see this marmot came right up from behind this giant boulder mm-hmm. and just was like, hello, everybody. I don't know if you know marmots talk. They can talk, have conversations with you. Hi, everybody. So this marmot said hello, was walking right around us. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we didn't touch the marmot. You don't touch wildlife. Don't pet a marmot, everybody. Just don't do it. It's not good. But the marmot wanted a bunch of our food. And we were like, no, honey, you can't. Mm -hmm. But it waited and waited. I mean, it was just literally hanging Hanging out out. with us. It had joined our group, sitting there, and was like, I'm going to stay here until something happens. Mm Mm-hmm. And then it did finally continue on, Mm -hmm. as Um, did we. As we did as well. (laughs) So we keep hiking onward, and there are still a few streams to cross as we do this in this kind of meadowy section. Also, this is like wilderness school still. So we keep getting tested on like, what wildflowers are these? Because now we're in this area again where we're seeing more and more wildflowers. And it's the meadowy area, and there's a lot of flowers Yeah, similar to where we had started, you know, at Pegan. I thought the view from above was impressive, you know, down into... Lake uh, St. Mary Lake from down below looking up to the mountains and the peaks I don't know it's very from this this side more so than the other side of the pass it's incredibly stunning like it's, it's so stunning and you can see you yeah. can still see Sexton Glacier as you're walking further out towards the lake so you're getting that view too um, eventually you start to lose like a front facing view of it but you can still sort of see where it is it's really really just it's kind of like unbelievable scenery that's what I felt about Glacier most of the time it was like this is a real place we're in a real place yeah doesn't feel like it but it's real as we continue on inside of this meadowy area we get to a spot where there are quite a few dead trees trees. Mm-hmm. There's some green underbrush yep. happening, but there's a lot of dead trees. Like gnarly, and, curly. And like ghostly looking. Yeah. Like they are out of a Middle Earth sort of, mm-hmm. you know, like Dead Sea kind of landscape. Yeah. And this is all a result of the fire, the St. Mary fire. It's very eerie, to it's say the very least. very eerie. It feels like it's a cemetery. That's what I, that's sort of like yes. a very somber sort of vibe happening. Yeah. There. Yeah. Like we're starting a, you know, dystopian novel <laughs> yeah. landscape, yeah. Mm-hmm. the landscape of a dystopian mm-hmm. novel. Exactly. Certainly. And, you know, obviously fire is part of the life cycle of a forest in a national park, but uh, clearly it can be prevented, especially in extreme cases through better management and obviously better preventative measures on the part of humans in the parks and forests. Obviously be very careful. You know, we talk about earlier when we were hiking around Lake McDonald having to put out a campfire at a campsite because there was nobody there but there was a fire smoldering so it's just something to keep in mind obviously sometimes fires aren't man-made there are lightning strikes there are other issues that happen but it's just something to kind of keep in mind especially when you see these areas of trees that are just decimated it's very beautiful in its own kind of decay and death but it's sad at the same time it is clear that this area is on its journey to regenerating. Mm -hmm. I can only imagine what it looked like when the trees were there before the fire. Oh my gosh, yeah. So... Um, uh, 
as we continue on, there are lots of wildflowers continuing to slope up to our left. Mm-hmm. We're sort of like on a path on a hillside, like diagonal. The hillside is going on a sheer down. angle, but yes. we're like level going Which down. Which is similar to the feeling of what it felt like to be on the high line. Yeah. At this moment, we have a lot more sunshine on this trail because we're in a bit of it directly. Basically, honestly, after we had gotten out of the forest on Pegan Pass, there was really no you know, shade at all. We had some clouds overhead. And for the most part, it was pretty overcast, even all the way out to Sexton Glacier. But now, all of a sudden, the sun was like, now I'm here and I'm ready to play. It definitely was like, we had also come down, we'd lost some elevation. So we had started to warm up, there was some delayering that was happening at this point. At this moment, suddenly, this young couple shows up. Okay, this is where my brain is a little foggy. I don't remember if like we talked to them and we like got a little bit of their story. We did. Yeah. Oh, we did. Yeah. Because I didn't know if if like that had happened. Oh yeah. Or that they had passed us and I had just imagined that we talked <laughs> you to saw them their and whole got life this information all the way through <laughs> something. But I believe it's like a Terrence they had, Mann film. <laughs> they were on their honeymoon. Yeah, they were like 23. And they were on their honeymoon and they were like, yeah, we just wanted to go up here and down. And they were booking it. Yeah. And they were on the way up. No, they were on the way down. They were, they were behind, they came from behind us. Oh, but because, they had gone up and then come down. Right. Because I think we had essentially gone out to Sexton and, and they were climbing up to the pass. Yeah. We had started down before and them and they were trailing behind, behind us. Because we were like, How, where did you come from? And they, but they were, were flying. flying. And they were like not winded at all. Like they we had, took a picture of them. No. For them. Yeah, yeah. They we had, took a picture for them. That's right. right. <laughs> we took a picture of them. I keep it in a box <laughs> locked away. But they basically did the whole thing with like, they had a like water a bottle, plastic water bottle in their hand. And we were like, and shorts on. Hitting me. Shorts and like tank tops. Shorts, tank tops, plastic water bottle. I was like, to be able to do this, which to be clear, the stretch from where we ate lunch to the end back to the sun road is 5.5 miles. Mm-hmm. which means to go up it and back is 11. Mm-hmm. Doing 11 miles is a long day. We will have essentially done 11 miles by the end of this trail at the end of this episode. But to do 11 miles of that uphill, with like just five miles of that uphill with one single like 16 ounce water bottle, like what superhuman are you? They must be from like the X-Men school. <laughs> they have to Clearly. have been. There's no way. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage, Bailey Wick. Okay, you have to remind me where this is, uh, what this is a reference to. Well, a Bailey Wick is like something you're good at. Like that's your Bailey Wick is like a phrase. It's like an old phrase. This is because your past life was like in the 1800s. That's right. You know, and you'd say these phrases. I was a haberdasherer. Haberdashery. It's my Bailey Wick, you see. (laughs) My Bailey Wick is haberdashery. I feel like this is appropriate because we experienced Becky's bailiwick, which is just like being a guide. Like this oh, is where certainly. like, you know, I feel like I truly saw someone's true talent shine through oh, in like an incredible in real way. time. Yeah, yeah. A bailiwick is a talent essentially. Got it. Got so it. bailiwick. Like um, your bailiwick is nagging me. <laughs> that's right. Always. And your bailiwick is always being late. There we go. <laughs> there we go. There we go. <laughs> and me nagging you about it. <laughs> it's a vicious cycle. Tit for tat. <laughs> right? Right, exactly. So who is Bailey Wick? I think that Bailey Wick is... Uh, I think she's a star search queen. <laughs> I think that Bailey Wick is... I think that Bailey Wick is a non-binary <laughs> drag performer. There Bailey we go. Bailey is like traditionally a male or female name. And so I think it could be fun for this drag performer to be like androgynous and like both male and female and both neither male and female Mm -hmm. in their presentation of gender Mm. so uh bailey wick yeah okay i think that bailey wick is very very good at a lot of things like i could see bailey wick being like uh someone who is a sword swallower but also like a fire breather and also like a like a lion tamer like they're a one they're a one person circus got it i like that at all times so um would they would they sing 
What's the Britney Spears song? Or is that just Oh, Circus? Yeah, Circus. Oh, there yeah. is this. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, yeah Circus is, I think, definitely <laughs> in the in the mix there. Uh-huh, yeah. Right. And then I think there could also be like an emotional uh, Don't Cry Out Loud number. <laughs> right? Just All keep it inside. Circus themes, uh-huh. right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I could see this happening. I Bailey feel like Wick. now I need to know more circus-based songs and i right. can't think of any more right so yeah at least those and yeah. i think maybe bailey wicks um i think their merchandise is a, a magic eight ball yeah or i was gonna like, say we could lean into wick and mm-hmm. it could be a candle oh so it's a candle company bailey's wicks bailey wicks <laughs> bailey's wicks bailey's wicks <laughs> it could be that yeah. And then they could smell like different things from mm-hmm. the circus. Yeah. <laughs> this is the lion's cage. <laughs> Popcorn. Here's a bag of peanuts. <laughs> right. Bag of peanuts. Right. It could smell like those things. Here's if we wanted it makeup. to be. <laughs> right. Clown clown white. That could be the that has a very distinct smell. For for makeup folks out there, you know what I'm talking about. If you've ever worked with clown white, you know what it smells like. Mm-hmm. You're like, I know it doesn't have any lead in it anymore, but it kind of still smells like it does. You're like, Ugh. yep, <laughs> a candle that smells like clown white makeup. Oh my god, I love it so much. A candle company, Bailiwick, right. right? Right. And maybe there's also like a like an aerosol spray, like a room spray, <laughs> sure, for those who um don't want the it's candle. Like Airwicks. They're, she, they're Airwick's direct competitor. Right. Yeah. Right. Or they partner with Airwick yeah. and they just call themselves Bailiwick. Mm-hmm. Great. I love it. Sense I love the, Bailiwick. Their sense of the circus line. <laughs> I'm here for it. The circus line. Mm-hmm. The, One. The tightrope. Circus line of people. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage Bailiwick. We are making our way down. We're moving a little faster now, but we're still Becky slow. Becky is like tapping her feet. <laughs> <laughs> no. She wasn't. Not really. No, no, but I think like we were adding time because we would stop. We would chat. We would take photos. Mm-hmm. We would talk about marmots. We'd talk to marmots. <laughs> right? Exactly. But we past the meadowy area mm-hmm. there's a few switchbacks we have to meander down which is sort of like overgrown like an overgrown area of switchbacks yeah until we get to the start of the canyon area of mm-hmm. this hike mm-hmm. because which is essentially sunrift gorge there is a canyon at the mm-hmm, bottom, mm-hmm. which I do know, like some people would probably just like hike from the road, maybe to like the top of the canyon mm-hmm. and then hike back, which would be a great hike to do. Yeah. If that was all you, you know, were interested in doing or all mm-hmm. you could do that yeah. day. It's a great way to see that view. You can see that view from right there at the top of the canyon of all of what we were just in. Yeah. Yep. Right. The Saigi Pass, Sexton Glacier, all the switchbacks. You can see all of it from right there. Yeah. Once you get out of this undergrowth area, you immediately hear the rushing water and you can see the rough, like kind of hewn edges of the canyon off to the right. Once we get out of the underbrush area, we're able to see pretty immediately the rough hewn walls of the canyon off to our right and hear that rushing water. And it doesn't really take that long until you get closer to the canyon itself or the river essentially and you're able to really really hear that water as you're right alongside it the canyon is basically all argillite all the time it is blood red it is it is fascinating color wise it's very bizarre these red red rocks sticking out like having the water rush over them coming out of the grass red and green are complementary colors so this pop of color against one another it really feels oh this is another planet or some film crew came in here and painted these rocks red because they needed it for a shot like it was really unexpected mm -hmm. and it felt definitely Mm otherworldly it also felt a little coast of ireland here in this one moment here in the middle of montana uh-huh that i've never been and i felt that it was so spectacular and so natural and we stood there for even longer being like we are so close to the end at this point but we have to just take this in right here yeah so much you know texture yeah L- like dusty was saying like you could really just come up and hike just to see the canyon and you would have worth it like a worthwhile sort of view and you'd get to experience that and it wouldn't take you long to get up to where you needed to do as we continue on hiking 
the trail takes us a little further away from the edge of the water and brings us back into this other very full area of dead trees. And these trees are much taller than what we had seen further up on the trail. And it's obvious that this was a part of the same fire complex that had basically affected those trees up there because it's like right up the gorge, essentially. I remember being here in this spot going like, now I feel what we've done today. <laughs> my feet just hit my body. Out. Right. Totally gave out. They were like, like weeping in my shoes. Oh, yeah. It. This your was tiny just tiny little feet. My tiny little tiny feet. little shoes. My tiny ballet feet. <laughs> <laughs> Whimsical, tiny, de- delicate feet. Exactly. No, but it definitely had. I think fully hit me in the face too. The beautiful thing is, from here, the lake looks so close. Like we're starting to see the lake again, and you sort and of the color lo- of the lake. You sort of lose the lake as looks. you're coming down the canyon, be- just based off of the perspective of the landscape. And so all of a sudden, the lake is there again, and it's like, oh my god, we're actually very we're close so to the bottom. Close, and the yeah. lake is so big right now. Mm-hmm. As we continue on, we can see that we're getting closer to the bottom, and that there are some stairs. These stairs lead us to a viewing area. And this viewing area really lets us see the canyon from down in canyon level, or at least mid-canyon level, I'd say. Because we're not like down at the very bottom of the canyon Mm -hmm. here, but we're sort of in the middle of it now. And it's very narrow. It's called technically a box canyon. A box canyon. Mm -hmm. And this is at the end of what they call Sunrift Gorge. Mm -hmm. It was really, really narrow. The water is so much lower than the walls of the canyon. So obviously that canyon was carved by that water over time. But this water level has dropped really below where most of those walls are. And looks like it's probably been sitting at this low level for quite some time based off of this. After standing at the viewing area and kind of taking this in for a little bit, we can see the lake a little closer and and we can also see the road. The road going (laughs) to the sun road. Mm -hmm. It was there right Mm -hmm. in front of us that Mm -hmm. we had left so early that morning. Well, not that early. I mean, it was like 9am or something like that. And at this point, it's like, what, five, four, five Probably like four or five, yeah. And so we exit onto the road and not too far down the road is Becky's car. Mm -hmm. And so we all head right there Mm -hmm. and we find some like sitting spots next to her car and uh, collapse essentially. Absolutely collapse. And we had um, some celebratory drinks and snacks Mm -hmm. and it was so good. I don't even remember what it was we ate, but I just remember it being delicious. It was great. It was great. (laughs) This is also where we talk a lot about the difference between trinketing and souvenir shopping. Right. And you like and how they're a, different. <laughs> you could write a thesis on it, I think. Well, I could. You're a master's level thesis. You could too. <laughs> yeah. You absolutely could From two too, different especially perspectives. Especially your opinion on it. <laughs> right. That's right. Uh, Becky and Cynthia drive us back to the car at Pegan Pass and we say our goodbyes, which was really kind of hard, honestly. It was. Um, you know. It was. It was. Damn. That was the greatest hike. Yeah. Greatest day of hiking ever. And they are just the kindest, sweetest, most generous. Mm -hmm. It definitely reinforced a few things for me. One, that Becky is an incredible human being, like every one of the people that we met said she was. But also that sometimes you meet internet people that become real life people um, who touch your lives in ways that you really can't imagine. And truly, that is... We met Becky really on the weirdest of whims through our work on the show. Now I feel like she does. She feels just like family. So it is a wild ride life. So embrace it and truly treasure the people that enter into it. Let's put the end of this trail on the Sayi Pass to the Sunriff Gorge on the Cairnstone Scale. So Oof. if we went down, yeah. I am pretty sure that if we had gone up, we'd ten. be looking at like nine or ten. Yeah. But going down, I don't know, six? That's where I was thinking. Mostly, too, because it is still a decent track down. And I think the exhaustion factor was really what factored in for the me. The exhaustion there. factor was real. Yeah. So 12 out of 20 Karen Stones mm-hmm. headed down. Yeah. Going up, not the same. Yeah. It's time for my category. I was inspired by the phrase point to point. Okay. Because this is a was a point to point hike. 
meaning we started in one point and ended in another. Mm -hmm. All right. So you're just identifying the correct phrase that uses the word point in it. Point will be in every answer. Great. Great. Mike is currently pointing at me right Mm -hmm. now. For 100, this phrase would perhaps be used to describe someone who is in the throes of overwhelm or where teachers are at at the end of the school year. What is past the point of no return? (laughs) No, incorrect. (laughs) What is reached a breaking point? Okay. (laughs) Okay, great. For 200. (laughs) For 200. (laughs) If Luna Lovegood does something impressive, you might hear Professor McGonagall utter this phrase. What's 10 points to Ravenclaw? That is correct. Mm-hmm. She's a Ravenclaw. She's a Ravenclaw. Even though she acts like the most... She is the huffle puffliest <laughs> Ravenclaw I've ever seen, yeah. but she's a Ravenclaw. Mm-hmm. Okay, for 300. Similarly, this term refers to what is earned when one does well in the presence of one's superiors. What are points in your ledger? <laughs> oh, what are brownie points? Oh, brownie points. Okay. Right. Brownie points. Great. Okay, great. Okay, for 400, another way to say this phrase might be, I don't want to repeat myself so many times, or I don't want to sound like a broken record. I don't know. I'm like, I'm on the struggle bus with this category. What is n- not to belabor the point? Okay. Okay. Got it. For 500. Okay. This describes a place where if you go... You can never come back. <laughs> Past the point of no return. That's right. <laughs> no backward glances. I had um song from Phantom of the... I was like, don't need to do it. Don't need to say that now. Don't need to say it now. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, let's hear your Jeopardy, Mike. Okay, my Jeopardy is called Red for Filth. So in this Jeopardy... I'm looking forward to it. I am. Um, the the title Red is actually R-E-D, considering all of the red rock that we saw in Sunrift Gorge. Ah, yes. And it relates to either a caricature's name... A caricature's? A caricature's. A character's name or the title of a book that contains... The word red. Red or a red derivative um, Ah, word. I'm here for this. Okay. It's literary red. Well, and movies too. And movies. So I'm going to ask that you name... You're going to need to find the red connection, but also like, for example, that red connection might be a person's name, but then I'd also like you to give me the literary work or the movie if you can okay great or vice versa okay okay for 100 well look what that adulterating trollop dragged in miss parading your shame all over this damn colony wearing it like some chic and daring outfit choice honey we all know what you did and with a man of the cloth too ain't nothing gonna get your soul white and clean again who is hester pren Mm -hmm. and pren is a type of red color no, that's I'm incorrect. kidding with you. <laughs> From the Scarlet Letter. That's correct. Great. Scarlet so is the type of red. There you go. It's okay. a hue of red. Mm-hmm. For 200. Excuse me, Miss Thing. Miss, oh, wet. Where shall I go? What shall I do? All harried looking in your black dress. Coming down your grand ass staircase. Miss Codependency all of a sudden. I'd leave your ass too after all that shit you put me through. What is... um? Or who is Scarlett O'Hara in Gone with the Wind? That's correct. Book by Margaret Mitchell. There we go. And Margaret is the color of red. <laughs> right, exactly. Red mm-hmm. right. Okay. For This is where we get into trickier territory. Okay. For 300. I, 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 no girl, no. You truly live in that insane life, thinking you're talking to a painting, thinking it's got control over you, and you luring a blind girl into your nest because she's kind and communicating with cannibals who had a role in a movie before yours. Girlfriend, if you didn't get that role of Voldemort based on this insanity, I don't know who else could have done it. Okay, is it Rafe Fiennes? That's correct. Who is Rafe Fiennes yeah. playing Voldemort in the Harry Potter series? No. I'm looking for the movie that maybe gave him this based off of my description. That probably, considering Rafe is not a color red, probably has the color red in the title. Oh, yes. What is Red Dragon? (laughs) That's correct. That's it. (laughs) Got it. There you go. You got there. All right. Red. Red. All right. For 400. Oh, Mr. Big Man. Mr. Government Analyst Man for the C. 
C-I-A, more like C-I-Gay, with your piercing blue eyes and your chest hair poking out, trying to get that nuclear sub-captain to defect in this Cold War drama. You may have secured that defection, but clearly you weren't good enough to secure another film. They had to be filled with Harrison Ford, Ben Affleck, Chris Pine, and now even John Krasinski. Honey, you may have been the originator of the role, but the line of men that came after you had more stay in power than you did. Okay, what is, is the film The Hunt for Red October? Oh my God, you got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm trying to think of the actor. Is it, um, so it, Harrison Ford came after mm-hmm. him. And I think what, Patriot Games? Mm-hmm. Was that one of them? Mm-hmm. Um, and Clear, Clear and Present, present Danger. danger. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. my mom loved these movies. So I remember them. If you can give me both the character's name and the actor, you will have triple bonus points. Mm, I don't know the character's name. Okay. And Shares my last name. Ryan. Mm-hmm. Oh, is it Jack Ryan? That's correct. Oh, okay. Okay, great. Now it now it's making sense. Yes, John Krasinski. Okay. I didn't know that Jack Ryan was an extension of that at oh, all. Yeah. Never connected oh, that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then and Ben Affleck played him in a clear and present danger. He did? Yes. Ben Affleck? Yes. Like a younger version of that character. Oh, like I prior see. to the events of the other films. Well, oh. I think it's sort of like a weird James Bondy sort of universe. Oh, I, I haven't see. dived too deeply into that. So, who is the actor that I was trying yeah. to name? I don't know. It's Alec Baldwin. Oh, I definitely Hunt for know the Red that. October is a great film too. Hunt for the Red October. The yeah. Hunt for Red October. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> great. <laughs> and for five hundred, gosh. Uh, uh-uh, honey, you out there thinking you original, Mister Master of Horror? Mr. You Got So Many Books and Miniseries and Articles, this one ain't original at all. Paranormal activity in a mansion, taking your bits and pieces of plot from The Haunting, Haunting of Hill House, and The Winchester Mystery House. Girl, you are better than that. I hope they dragged you hard, harder than Pennywise dragged his victims down that sewer. Okay, who is Stephen King? That's correct. But we're specifically talking about... Carrie, because Carrie is a type of red. (laughs) You did really well with this category, though. (laughs) It was a fun category. The answer was, what is um, rose red? I almost said rose red. Almost and did are two different things. Was rose red the name of the house? Yes. I almost said that. I think there was a mini series of rose red, right? In like the early aughts. Did you listen to my clip? I did. (laughs) I listened to it. I listen. You just accused me of never listening to you. That's true. This has been Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast, and we're here to remind you to hike early and hike often, and that adventure is always out there. Gaze at the National Parks was created and is hosted by us, Dustin Ballard and Michael Ryan. To see images from this episode, follow our Instagram at Gaze at the National Parks. To contact us, email us at gazeatthenationalparks at gmail.com. And to find out more about the parks visited on this show, visit our website, gazeatthenationalparks.com. That's Gaze, G-A-Z-E. All original artwork featured on Instagram, on our website, and in the Gaze Shop is by me, Michael Ryan. All original music was written by Dave Seaman and performed by Dave Seaman, Mariella Klinger, and Sean Splios. Our music producer is Skylar Fortgang. This episode was edited by me, Dustin Ballard. We would also like to acknowledge that while recording this episode, that we are on the traditional and stolen lands of the Lenape people, also known as Ocean County, New Jersey. 